Cowabunga dudes, grab some pizza for today's topic. Artists and writers, Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, the co-creators of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Welcome to another episode of The Real Heroes. I just wanted to remind you to subscribe to the feed and publish reviews on YouTube, Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Remember to download the episodes, and if you want to support the show, you can find The Real Heroes on Patreon. My guests today are Dr. Liam Burke of Swinburne University and Gabriel Benitez, the admin of the Facebook group TMNT Nerds Australia. I'm your host, Michael Lay, and this is The Real Heroes Podcast. So, who exactly are Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird? So Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the book, is an indie book in the truest sense of the word. It emerges in the 1980s from Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird, who are fans of comic books. Uh, it's almost a parody in a way. It's a parody of kind of Frank Miller books, through its focus on ninjas. It's a parody of books like the X-Men, through its focus on mutants. And so it has this sort of absurdist title, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And the book itself, which you know, ultimately is published by Mirage Comics, uh, becomes sort of uh, this, you know, it's this kind of brooding, but slightly tongue in cheek, uh, martial arts noir book with, li- with a very limited color palette. And somehow inexplicably, it starts to sell, you know, it sells quite well and gets picked up to become an animated series in the late 1980s. Uh, and the animated series is far removed from the comic. The premise is, is there, you know, mutant turtles who are brothers and ninjas and live in the sewer and, and, and so on. But the, you know, the, color-coordinated bandanas, the pizza-eating, the cowabungas, the, all the things that Turtles have now become synonymous with, isn't really there in those early comics, but it did make these characters into a true kind of phenomena. And Eastman and Laird maintained their involvement with the characters throughout that run. They were heavily involved in the feature-length movie. In the feature-length movie uh, in 1990, the live-action movie, tries to bridge the divide between the cartoon. So elements of people, that wide audiences would have known from the cartoon was some of the seriousness of the comic book. Uh, and they retain the rights to the comic book, even to this day, now that the characters have been sold to uh, Paramount and Nickelodeon, they still retain the rights to the comic book and still regularly contribute to you know, different versions of the comic book that kind of maintain the earlier origins, which was more of a sort of a, yes, tongue-in-cheek truth aesthetic, but a kind of a, a still a more serious uh, martial arts book. Peter Laird was born on January 27th, 1954, and Kevin Eastman was born on May 30th, 1962. Eastman attended Westbrook High School in Maine with Steve Levine, who went on to become one of the artists on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Even though it was cheesy, it was still supposed to be quite dark. Like, it, it's hard to explain, but unless someone's read it, it you can tell that it's not 100% for children. If that makes sense, there's adult content behind it. The million to one success of the Mirage Ninja Turtles comic book led to the creation of a 1987 cartoon, the 1989 arcade game, and the 1990 film, directed by Steve Barron. Barron was world-renowned for a series of music videos that he had directed, including, but not limited to, Take On Me, Summer of 69, Money For Nothing, Hold Me, Billie Jean, and Africa. However, 
Perhaps the most famous iteration of the Turtles is the mid to late 80s toy line, which included action figures, gadgets, and even vehicles. What I've noticed, like toys from back in those, like in the, in the 80s, people collect them now for nostalgic reasons, but the figures themselves, I'm including everything in it, He-Man, Transformers, G.I. Joes, they're not particularly good figures. Engineering back then isn't what it is today. But w what stood out about the Ninja Turtles figures is though they lack like articulation and stuff like that, they're, as you mentioned before, bright colors, there's um, you know, colorful characters, uh, a stack of accessories. It's a really fun, bright line to collect, and it, it, it's why it's why I uh, one of the reasons why I started collecting the vintage Ninja Turtle figures. So basically, even though the the this the 1990s Turtle film, it, it has it has a sequel as well, which is looked positively upon. But realistically, everyone loves the 1990s film because it tried to capture what Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird first started that that dark tone. If you watch, if people watch the movie, they'll understand what I mean, which is why the second one is so. It's it's less violent. It's like a like they're filming a toy commercial. It's very toyetic. It's very kiddie. Whereas the 1991, uh, you know, it's it's core original fandom, if that makes sense. And Raphael's anger management issues. It, it's very like kids can watch it, but I, I still would, wouldn't say that that it, it's a kids it's a kids movie. It's definitely gotten a bigger cult following now in later years, but the problem was because it was targeted as a children's movie, parents m would take their kids to go see it, but because it's actually kind of violent, uh, that's why uh, in the box office it didn't do as well as it could because parents didn't take their kids to see it like, you know, a second or a third time. Um, whereas the, the second one, though it, the cult following is uh, not as good as the first one, um, uh, it made more money because, you know, it was more kid-friendly. So parents would take their kids to, to see it. That's why they barely used their weapons in that film. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've ever noticed that. While 1990's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles was well received by the fandom, professional critics were not as infused. For example, film 90's Barry Norman. Now, from this distance, it looks as though the only potential Christmas blockbuster coming to our cinemas this year is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Without wishing to prejudge the film, I find this a seriously depressing thought. There's this captive audience desperate for some form of entertainment that doesn't have to do with eating leftover turkey, and all the film industry can offer is a movie based on a cartoon series based on a comic strip. I mean, come on, give us a break here. Still, whatever the film may be like, the costumes, special effects and mechanical devices that went into making grown men appear on screen as giant green turtles are at least interesting. And as it happens, and as we now report, all this clever stuff was done in North London at Jim Henson's Creature Shop. These practical effects were also reported on by CHCH. Never mind, it's still totally awesome, dude. They're looking for, like, goofy short people <laughs> to play the goofy short turtles. That's all Leif Tilden knew when he auditioned for the part of Donatello, one of four Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the new hit movie. God, I love being a turtle! But only a few folks know he was even in the film. Like the other actors, he was ensconced in a 70-pound costume of foam rubber and steel. But there were other hurdles to overcome while playing a hero in a half shell, according to the actors playing Raphael and Michelangelo, Josh Pice and Michelin Sisti. One of our main challenges was to be different from one another, which was tough with all of yeah. that on you, so... Josh's character was more the street dude, kind of driving down the street. 
mine was the party dude, so he was he was a little bit more naive in his movement than Josh's character. And Mikey! Then, yes! Party time, yeah! Ninjutsu! But playing lean, green ninja machines was far from a party. The actors had only small holes with which to see and breathe. Even between takes, they were seldom allowed to come out of their shells. It would get so hot, and you'd feel like your blood was boiling. There were times that, that you would beg just for five minutes. You, I'll be good. I'll go right back in. Just let me take the head off for yeah. five minutes because it was so unbearable. Pizza dude's got 30 seconds. After all the hard work, the actors are shell-shocked at their success. And even though they remain anonymous in the film, they say they would do it again. Yeah, you got to love being a turtle. You got to love it. You got to be there. <laughs> otherwise, I don't know, man. Awesome! As is the order of nature. The luster of the turtles slowly but surely fizzled out. Then, on the 22nd of October, 2009, Nickelodeon acquired the turtles for 60 million American dollars. To tell you the truth, there were uh, whispers and rumors of Nickelodeon gonna, you know, make it a lot more kid-friendly and stuff like that. But for some reason, it wasn't. Uh, there was. It wasn't negative. Like you know, I, I always found that curious. It was sort of accepted. As opposed to, you know, I mean, I'm sure people had their negative thoughts on it, but I think it was pretty widely accepted, at least from what I've read. In 2011, the franchise returned to its paperback roots with a brand new comic book by IDW Publishing. I, uh, I like how uh, a kid can read it, but it's still very, it's still very original. Like, it's, it's still got that, that dark tone behind it. It's got silly, fun characters the, the more you read. But, like, the, the first five issues, they're, they're pretty adult. Yeah, like, right off the bat, you know, it shows that uh, Raphael is missing from the, the other three. And I think, from memory, they, Splinter, like, Leo, Mikey, and Don are, are all searching for Raph. And, you know, he's still got that temperament. So, yeah, it, it's definitely very violent. The adult comic book, again, like, just lured in old readers, new readers. I'd say, at that point, it was, was more popular... Um, with modern audience than it's ever been, probably even more than now. On May 27th, 2010, Deadline confirmed that the one and only Michael Bay would be producing a live-action reboot of the Ninja Turtles. At that point, Bay was most known for 1996's The Rock and for having overseen the Bad Boys franchise. The final product would finally be released in 2014. I can tell you one thing. Uh, I know for a fact that that was universally hated by modern audiences, old audiences. It was just a pretty cheesy film. Um, I, I didn't mind it. I liked it for what it was, but, you know, I, I'm easily impressed. The films, though they were entertaining, I, I can understand the hatred behind them. A lot of the criticisms in that film was, you know, Michael Bay explosions. I think the original concept was that there was no ooze. It was going to be... Uh, the, the turtles were actually aliens. Yeah. Um, which was an interesting take on it. But uh, like, I, I, that was the one thing I didn't like about it. But watching the movies now, like the, their size and the way they look also kind of bothers me. But like I said, it is what it is. They're supposed to be like, you know, five feet, not like eight feet. Bodybuilders. They're massive. Yeah. yeah they're just, they're, they're, like in the fight scenes, they're, they're throwing around uh, shipping container tanks. And like, you know, kicking cars and stuff like that. I'm like, well, what the hell is this, man? Where's all the, the ninjutsu and the, you know, the realism behind it? 
And the, what, the foot soldiers have machine guns instead of swords and shuriken. For example, Raphael looks really, really good. He's got like the bandana. He's got like the, the, wrap, the Muay Thai wraps around his arms and legs. Like if he was, if he, his, his shell's battle damaged as well, which makes sense for his character. If they had him looking like that, but, you know, smaller, like have him to be the biggest of the, of the four, but make him like, you know, properly human size. That, that wouldn't bother me. I think he's the only one that looks. With, with the first one, it's, um, I would say people were more looking forward to it because of curiosity. You know, people are like, oh, you know, modern technology, CGI, uh, Michael Bay, it should all be very interesting. And I think, you know, on first viewings, people liked w- what they saw just based on that. But like the second one, because they were given the first one, you know, they they just got more of that. Like see, the thing with TMNT is that you've got so much lore and so many characters and stuff like that that you can pull from. And so I think both modern films, uh, personally, I think that they both, even though they were like entertaining and like I did enjoy them for what they were, I um, it didn't feel like a Ninja Turtles movie. It, it felt like just a generic, you know, a, uh, kids action movie that had turtles in it, if that makes sense. In the, the 2016 film, the 2014 sequel, Out of the Shadows, there's a lot of uh, fandom in, in that, you know, they wanted Casey Jones. All right, he gave us Casey Jones. They, people wanted Bebop and Rocksteady. They gave us Bebop and Rocksteady. People wanted Krang and Dimension X. We got that too. It just wasn't executed very well. I think that's what angered a lot of people more. What that you said earlier, you know, people, it wasn't taking itself too seriously. That would be why. They try to cram too much into it. A reboot of the reboot is currently in development with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, the co-directors of This Is The End and The Interview. Which leads one to wonder, what does this all mean, and where is it all going? I think, you know, like, everyone's got that line of Ninja Turtles that they love. You're going to love the, the 1990 film, you're going to love the 80s cartoon, the Mirage comics, the, the 2011 IDW publishing comics. Like, uh, or you're going to have those people that love it all. Everyone's always going to, like, if you like Turtles, you know, back then you're still going to like it now and that generation who watched it in the 80s probably has kids now that they're watching it with and i i I do think like in the last maybe two years maybe even longer actually i'd say two to two to three years two two to five years it's it it has dipped a bit because the nickelodeon cartoon has ended the live action movie uh has ended the it's kind of dead in the water but a nostalgic fan still gonna you know like like turtles it's like the legacy that turtles has is never it isn't going away anywhere anytime soon i honestly think that seth rogan's the the reboot of the series the new movie it i think it's going to call out to those og fans from the the uh the comics as well as the early cartoons the 87 cartoon i mean i feel like it, it's it's going to cater to that generation totally. don't ask me why i've got no idea why I, i'm assuming that it's just from little snippets and articles that i've read it just feels like you know it's going to be for nostalgic hardcore fans even though i'm sure people who are new to the franchise will enjoy it as well because of them it's like they have inspired a lot of independent artists to start their own journey not only with that that similar sketchy style that they started out with but also just in regards to making a comic i don't know about the industry that well here in australia um but more so like uh in america like i i can I can tell you a lot of um, independent artists who have taken inspiration from Kevin Eastman and Peter Led. There's this weird fan theory going out that the the ooze that blind, uh, made the turtles is the same ooze that gave um, Matt Murdock, Daredevil, his 
uh, you know, his his abilities. So it, it's funny that that you mentioned that uh, the original concept of the turtles was a homage to you know Frank Miller style, because of if you go by the fan theory, the, the two are one and the same. There is truly no end in sight for these jolly green giants. One of their most recent adventures was the 2019 animated film, Batman versus the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Actually, I, I love it. It's um, I, people always forget to mention that film and TMNT Forever, the 2009 conclusion of the Four Kids series, as you know, TMNT films. People are always like, oh, it's the three originals, uh, and the two Michael Bay ones. I'm like, well, what about Batman versus TMNT? What about TMNT Forever? They're, they're both really, really good films, and both not not appreciated enough by you know fans nostalgic or new yeah i thought it was a very good adaptation of uh of the comic and that is a wrap for this week's episode of the real heroes be sure to sign up for the show's patreon 